Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoetoe, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Well, my name is Tyler and it is a privilege for me to be with you this morning. I am one of the ministers here in our local church and like Pastor Ulu mentioned before, we are on the last series, Check Yourself. You know, it says, check yourself. Then there's a tagline, welcoming a life of sacrifice. Wow, that's so exciting. Check yourself, welcoming a life of, of sacrifice. You know, when I heard this, and then Pastor Ulu was like, hey, you're gonna do the series. I thought, oh, Tyler, you got to be kidding me, Pastor Ulu. What kind of person welcomes a life of sacrifice? Sacrifice is an act of giving up something to benefit someone else. I don't know about you, but I tend to lean more on the selfish side and I really need the power of the Holy Spirit. I love what Pastor Ola preached this morning, to become more sacrificial. And for the past three weeks, we covered how we welcome this life. First, through self-denial, by following Jesus. Second, hard truth, by holding on to Jesus even when you are offended by the truth. And third, the path to greatness, how to serve others. And we are landing the plane. Who here likes to, what do you call that? Land the plane? Well, I'm not a pilot, so probably you won't want to be in my um, jet or my airplane. (laughs) So I don't know how to be a pilot. Anyway, so we are closing this series today on how to welcome a life of sacrifice by going beyond our comfort through experiencing trials in our life. That sounds so hard already. And you know what? I don't know much about what God is up to because he's so big, he's so majestic, I only know a little bit, but one thing I guarantee you this morning is that no one in this room is exempt from the life of challenges and trials. You and I will go through not just one, not just two, but three or a billion more trials in our life. That's a guarantee. And my prayer this morning is that we would learn, we would open our ears, open our eyes, and open our heart to hear what how Jesus and his disciples live this life. Because this morning, church family, I believe that God wants you not, to, not only to live this life day in, day out. He wants you to walk in the freedom, the victory, because you are an overcomer in Christ. God wants to encounter you this morning. He wants to set you free this morning. He wants to heal you this morning. Okay, I haven't even opened my prayer yet. <laughs> All right. Let me just pray for us, eh? And God's like, I can hear you, girl. Don't be go shouting on me. <laughs> Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. That he is our perfect sacrifice. What an example for us to follow. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are a promise given to us as believers to not only welcome sacrifice, to not only go through trials, but overcome them. 
In Jesus' name, may you be glorified this morning. Amen. Two important memories come to mind when I think of what it means to live a sacrificial life. First was when my family and I left New Zealand or left Philippines to move to New Zealand. Second was when I left New Zealand to move to Fiji. The first photo before you, on my left, your right, was taken with my extended family as my mom, my brother, and my dad said our last goodbye in the Philippines airport. That was 1998. Well, that's a long time ago. I, I spent the first 11 years in the Philippines with many great memories, great friendships, and great family. And for many of us in this room, our parents, our grand or great-grandparents were the perfect example of sacrifice. They left behind their comfort to move to a foreign land like New Zealand to give us a better future, right? Culture shock and loneliness was only a few of the many challenges and trials that my family and I went through in order for this dream to come to pass. Second photo there, that was back in the 2015 when the long skirts were it. Jokes, laugh with me. <laughs> no, that wasn't really it. I don't know what I was thinking. This second photo was taken with my parents and I as I said goodbye in the Auckland airport. After 18 years of living in New Zealand and overcoming many challenges associated when you move to a foreign land, I found myself yet again in this familiar place. This time with a dream in my heart to share the hope that I experienced through Christ to a nation not yet known to me. Excitement as I anticipate what God will do in this island. Sadness of leaving friends and family behind and fear of the unknown were emotions I felt as I had to give up my comfort to leave Aotearoa, the land that I had grown to love and appreciate to become a missionary in the beautiful island of Viti Levu. Once again, culture shock, loneliness, was only a few of the many trials I experienced for this dream to come to pass. For many of us who have been in a similar situation of saying goodbye to your loved ones, you know that it is never an easy thing to go through. Whether it is through transition or death, the hardest part is usually the lead up to the final farewell the night before we have to say our last goodbye. And even if nothing can fully prepare you and I to go through the pain of loss, of change and transition, we find that our family and friends come together to comfort us. They do this by encouraging us as they speak hope in our situation they warn us of potential challenges that we will face, and they instruct us on how we can go through this transition. 
And this morning we find in, um, sorry, similarly we find this morning that Jesus and his disciples were spending their last night together before his arrest. Twelve ordinary men called by Jesus to follow him who experienced significant life and ministry journey and witnessed his many miracles and healings. He even showed them how to love the unlovable, the outcasts, the ones that hated him. And as Jesus taught and demonstrated the kingdom of God, the forgiveness of sins, and his claim to be God, tired of resentment, of hatred, and persecution grew against him. And this is where we find Jesus warning his disciples of the persecution that was about to come. Fully aware of his betrayal, of his suffering, of his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus spent his last night with these 12 men. Men who followed him and men whom he loved. Imagine being one of them. This was the last time that they will all be together. Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. He also knew what will happen once he physically departed from them through death. And so we hear in John 16, verse 33, of him comforting, comforting his disciples. And let's read here. By encouraging, warning, and instructing them. He says to them, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. He on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. He encouraged them, you may have peace in me. He warned them, here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. He instructed them, take heart, for I have overcome the world. What did Jesus mean by all this? All this means that um, all this was a warning that Jesus gave his disciples of the events that was leading up to his arrest and why and what will happen to them and why he needed to depart from them. We find in the previous chapter in John 15, the trials and the sorrows that awaited his disciples. Verse 18, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. 
They do this, they do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. Imagine being told all this. And then Jesus had the nerve to say, so that you may have peace in me. Imagine your life, people hating you, persecuting you, isolating you, and even wanting to kill you because of your faith. Would you still follow Jesus? I think I would have ran away. If that was, yeah, that would have been me. But by this time, his disciples were very troubled and afraid. We find it in John 14. And so here, Jesus brings comfort to his disciples by encouraging them that even though trials will come and his death must take place, it was necessary not only for the forgiveness of sins and rebellion, but so that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can come. The promise of the Holy Spirit can come not only with them, but inside of them so that they can be an effective witnesses for God. That's what Ulu was talking about this morning. And despite this impending trial, there was a promise of peace in their heart, knowing that they were not alone. Knowing that they were not alone. Jesus encourages his disciples, the promise of peace, the promise of the Holy Spirit would be the advocate, that he would never leave them. Jesus promises his disciples that the Holy Spirit will be their peace, that the world cannot give them, that he would be the truth that will guide them and strengthen them, that the Spirit knew the future. He knew the future and he brought glory to God, to Jesus. With that promise of peace, Jesus said, take heart. He instructed them, take heart. And do you know what that means? Be encouraged. Celebrate. It's so opposite, eh? When we go through trials, we're like, you should ask my parents, they always tell me off. Like, can you like just lighten up? You know, Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Okay, so Jesus instructed them, celebrate, be encouraged, take heart, for he overcame the world already. And family, if our family and friends can comfort us and they only have a limited knowledge of our future, how much more our Lord who knew the beginning or the end from the beginning, how much more the Lord who knew the end from the beginning. When most of these disciples encountered the risen Christ and received the promise of the Holy Spirit, they no longer operated and viewed their lives in light of the world but that they looked at the things of this earth in light of eternity, in light of eternity. And so with this, with the promise of the Holy Spirit inside of them, they became effective witnesses for Christ 
to a point where they went through and welcomed a life of sacrifice, went beyond their comfort by experiencing intense trials, excruciating pain, and even to a point of death, so that you and I can hear the gospel today, so that you and I can hear the gospel today and experience the love of God through Christ. That is just so amazing. Would you do that for someone that you love? What about someone that you hated? This is how most of their lives ended, because of their faith. Peter, crucified upside down. James, beheaded. John, banished. Andrew, crucified on an X-shaped cross. Nathaniel, beaten alive with knives. James the Younger, body sword in pieces. Jude, killed with arrows. Matthew, died in Ethiopia. Philip, died by hanging. Simon, crucified. And Thomas, killed with a spear. The blood of these disciples were the beginning stage of the early church and through them, the expansion of churches and the kingdom of God today. In our lifetime, we probably wouldn't experience this extreme persecution. Maybe a few, one or two, but for most of us, we won't get to experience this because of our faith. But this does not mean or diminish the fact that you and I will still go through trials, persecution, and challenges in our lives. For some of you here, you are so bogged down with challenges with your life that sometimes you just want to end your life. And can I tell you this morning, Jesus overcame. Jesus overcame it for you so that you can be, live in the freedom that he has for you. Part of following Jesus is obedience. Really? I didn't know that. Well, now you know. Part of following Jesus is obedience. And often, church family, God will lead you to places or paths that are scary, that are unknown, that you're like, oh man, Lord, I don't know what to do. And you know what? For me, this was last year when Pastor Ulu was like, hey, can you please think of a community ministry? And I was like, huh? I think you're talking to someone else. The community youth ministry, it is so that the next generation can experience the truth, the love, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in their lives so that our young people don't have to go through what we went through when we were that age, so that our young people can make an impact, can make a difference in the now generation and the next generation. And you know what, can I be honest? If I knew the sacrifices that it took 
to get this ministry off the ground last year, I would have ran as fast and as far as I could. I actually tried so many times, hey, Pastor Ulu, and praise the Lord for the spirit that lives inside of him, Pastor Rowena and my parents, uh, 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 walk straight to keep me where God has placed me on this journey. It had, it meant that I had to lay down my selfish ambition to trust God. Lord, you will lead me. I haven't got a clue. I still don't know. Oh, good. Because the Holy Spirit's right here inside of me. He's going to lead me. He knows all truth. Right? When I feel a bit down and discouraged, because it is lonely when you're paving the way for the next generation, I'm like, Lord, is it me, myself, and I? Okay, don't let me sing my song now to you. But he encourages me, even if you physically feel alone, you are not alone. I am with you. It meant reputation out the, out the door. I had to deal with my insecurities as a leader, as a follower of Christ. I am so stretched beyond my comfort that at staff meeting, I'm crying like a baby going into the school, one of the schools, because we just started a breakfast club in one of the schools in Manurewa. And I'm like crying like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be with dealing with these 20 young year olds. I'm too old for this kind of life, you know? But no, God is reminding you, Tyler, I have called you to do this. It is not you, but it is me. And even if I don't know the full picture of what God is doing in this generation, I don't mind because I am in faith this morning that the seeds of faith that God is giving us or has given us to sow into our friends, our families, our young ones, our relatives will grow will grow because God is the one that makes them grow. We are just the vessels to go, yep, boop, 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 boop. And I know for a fact that one day this room will be filled with next generation. I am tired of seeing young people commit suicide, young people being, oh man, addiction, drugs, alcohol. That was me when I was that age. But one day, every nation south side will be a vessel to impact not only the next generation, but the now generation, the now generation. Family, let's wake up. Let's wake up. I just came from a funeral not long ago. This life is short. This life is short, family. And I'm just urging you this morning, let's wake up. Because there are people around us that are dying. It might not be physically, but spiritually. There are people around us that are crying out for hope and you are the mouthpiece. You are the hands and the feet that God wants to use so that they don't have to go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, hell is real. God, for love, you and I, they love our family and friends. He doesn't want us there. He doesn't. This morning, I don't know where you are at in your walk with God, but can I encourage you that God sees. God sees you. God sees your challenges. God hears your cries. 
and he sees to it. And God wants to encounter you this morning. If that is you, and you are going through maybe something in your mind, and that you're like, Lord, I don't think I can go through this. I think this life is over for me. Or maybe your business is suffering, or you're just finding it so hard financially that you're like, Lord, I need this breakthrough. Maybe it is an addiction that you are so ashamed of that you've been doing in the secret, and now God is saying, my son, my daughter, bring it to the light. You no longer have to be bound by this, but I overcame those things for you. And for some of you, it requires forgiveness. Forgiveness is a hard thing. But for some of you, if that is you and God is saying, my child, I've forgiven you. It's time to let go. It's time. Give it to me. Give it to me. And so I just want to invite us to just close our eyes and I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us this morning.